Um, you know, so there's a lot of um, advantages to it. I think they're great for new investors, all that, but you know, it really takes off the pressure of the hard things like uh, rehabbing, you know, negotiating, identifying properties, like all that stuff is hard. So this, you know, turnkeys are kind of a unique opportunity to get in. I know for me, it got me into an industry that I may not have otherwise gotten into because up until that point, I just wasn't wanting to take on another job. So they fit perfect for me. A great book can totally challenge your conventional thinking and change your life for good. However, some of us just don't have the luxury of time of sitting down to read a book. But there are some instances in which we do have dead time. And these are perfect times to learn. So we can learn while driving instead of jamming to the same music on the radio. Or maybe at the gym. Well, now you can. Dwelling has partnered with Amazon's Audible to give you, the Dwell listeners, a free book. Yes, a free book. So all you have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash dwelling and download your free book. This will also be in the show notes. You can click on the link. And if you don't have a book in mind and you say, Ola, I don't actually know where to start with. Well, awesome, because I can tell you one to start with today. It's a quintessential classic. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So download Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that would basically just take your mind on a different spin. Of course, I'm always open to hear um, from our Dwell listeners. So email me at ola at dwelling.com. And then feel free to also give us a, a rating and review. This really helps us to rank better in iTunes. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on The Dwelling Show. I'm your host, Ola Dantes. I've got the amazing, incredible, awesome yeah. Ali with us today. It's the second time on the show. <laughs> so excited to have you. have been doing a bunch of things since we last spoke two and a half years ago. It's been a while. How are you doing, Ali? It has been a while. I'm good. How have you been? Pretty good. Pretty good, actually. Uh, we were just joking before, you know, we, we hit record that I hope I'm doing the right thing with my life because it doesn't <laughs> feel like two and a half years ago, right, that we spoke. So, no. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's a good sign because if we weren't doing the right things, it might have seemed like longer. Like 20 years. Time flies right? when you're having fun. Yes. Or time sure. flies during 2020. <laughs> <Could go either laughs> oh, way. yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> no, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, that's for sure. So yeah, definitely tell well, that's, us. That's a good word for it. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, tell our listeners a little bit more, even though you've done this, you know, but for those, you know, we have mm-hmm. new listenership, obviously. So, you know, who you are, kind of what you've been up to and, you know, kind of what you're doing lately, actually. Yeah. So um, the short of me is uh, I have my own company as a real estate investor. Um backtracking before that I did the typical like you know go to school get good grades get a job with job security which I think that definition is severely changing these days Um, so I did all that I was actually in aerospace engineering and I landed uh, right out of grad school I landed what I assumed was going to be my dream job and to this day I think it's a job that a lot of people would consider a dream job but I always say the story of like, I'll never forget when I walked into my first corporate cubicle and I was like, you know, I'm in my business casual clothes. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so great. And I turned the corner into this cubicle and I just looked at it and I was like, oh, no. Like, I just knew. I was like, I have to get out of here. Like, I hadn't even sat in the chair yet. And so I spent the next five years really trying to figure out how to get out of corporate. I wasn't tied to real estate at the time. I didn't know what was actually going to get me out. But I just really started exploring everything. 
And it was, I kind of ironic because I was like, well, based on all everything I'm reading, everything, you know, I'm kind of studying, I'm either going to have to start a business or do something in real estate investing. And I had no idea that I would end up starting a business in real estate investing. But, um, you know, on the, on the other end of that um, exploration, I landed in turnkey rental properties. And I was actually just buying them as a buyer for myself because I knew once I got out of corporate, you know, I wasn't going to have that every Friday paycheck or health insurance for that matter. And so I was like, well, while I'm trying to figure out my way out of corporate, I'll at least try and do something smart with my money. And so I started investing in them and really through all that networking, kind of unexpectedly, I started making all sorts of different connections. I was telling a million people about these turnkey rental properties because up until that point, I really hadn't gotten um, into real estate investing because I'm just not, I'm not handy. I don't care to be handy. I, the idea of swinging hammers and flipping, like, I mean, I assumed I could do that, but it just didn't really kind of fit. You know, I wasn't looking for a new job. I wanted out of my job. I wanted to go hang out on the beach all day. So I found turnkey rental properties, which, you know, we can hit on those later, but it was more of a hands-off kind of thing. So when people saw that I was buying these, everyone's like, wait, what are you buying? Because people were just kind of finding out about this concept. So through all of that networking, Bigger Pockets uh, brought me on as a writer for their website. And that really just started this big uh, snowball of a now, uh, let's see, I'm at a nine year career, knee deep in turnkeys, for good or for bad. Um, so now I help people buy turnkeys, you know, help support through the process. And that's really what I've been doing. Um, the whole time. And um, since we last talked at the biggest news, um, I'm still doing the turnkey thing, still doing kind of everything I probably was two and a half years ago, but I finally put my first book out, which is very exciting. It was kind of my quarantine project. I started a couple of years ago and life kept getting in the way. And I also didn't know how to publish a book. <laughs> and I was like, this is hard. So, you know, once quarantine hit for 2020, that was my project. And I've been really excited about it ever since. So that's kind of the biggest news. But yeah, it's funny. Um, right now, um, you know, real estate had slowed down there for a few years, just because prices have gotten so high and everything. And I don't think you could have paid me to guess that 2020 would be the year that it started booming again. So I've been so busy with real estate this year. I haven't been this busy, uh, gosh, in maybe three to four years. So it's exciting. It's a weird time, but it's exciting too. So that's kind of where I am all this time later. Wow. Thank you so much for, for that reintroduction. I really appreciate that. And I cannot wait um, to kind of jump into in, into the book a little bit. Um, but for someone listening to this, and maybe they, they don't know so much about Tunky. What is mm -hmm. Tunky? And like, what is that? What is that about? So Tunky, so the term itself is technically means the condition of a property. So the, it's a the metaphor is, if you will, all you have to do is stick the key in the door, turn it, and you're making cash flow on day one, which would mean the property's already rehabbed. It's already got tenants in it, hopefully, and there's property managers on standby to manage this property for you. So the idea is really to for it to be a more hands-off. Basically, you're making money from the get-go because if you buy a distressed shack, you're not going to be making money from the get-go because you've got to spend all that time rehabbing, then you got to put tenants. So turn key um is that you turn the key in the door metaphorically or literally i guess and you're making money on day one so 
it's actually so you could buy a property next door to you in turnkey condition but when you hear people talk about turnkey properties they're mostly talking about and when i'm talking about it it's what i'm talking about is buying properties from turnkey companies so these there's turnkey providers these companies they're basically glorified flippers that's really all they're doing but they're doing it in bulk and really flipping them off to investors so in particular markets where cash flow is an option these companies go out they buy distressed inventory in bulk they rehab them in bulk they place tenants they have property managers set up to manage the property for you so you as a buyer you know it i'm one of the culprits of calling it hands-off rental properties i've learned over time that that's a bad word because uh it kind of suggest to people they don't have to do anything um, but you've got to do due diligence you need to verify everything like you still need to be part of the process but for the most part it's about the most hands-off way that you can buy an actual property like a rental property and so it's good for out-of-state investors like i live in california where there's no such thing as cash flow and also the entry price is ridiculous whereas in indianapolis i can buy a whole big house for a hundred thousand dollars and make money every month on that in cash flow I can't even buy a bathroom in la for a hundred thousand dollars um you know so there's a lot of um advantages to it i think they're great for new investors all that but you know it really takes off the pressure of the hard things like uh rehabbing you know negotiating identifying properties like all that stuff is hard so this you know turnkeys are kind of a unique opportunity to get in i know for me it got me into an industry that i may not have otherwise gotten into because up until that point i just wasn't wanting to take on another job so they fit perfect for me you mentioned you mentioned something you talked about you know you got this corporate job that you were really excited about then you got to that cubicle and you were like uh no i <laughs> this is this is kind of oh, not what i <laughs> man i was just in school for a really long time <laughs> so you know if there's somebody maybe in that situation or you know or maybe they're about to finish college and you know they're thinking maybe i don't want to go into corporate america from everything you know you know about real estate what would you say to that person like how can they really get started funny i just wrote a whole book on that glad you asked yeah. <laughs> just kidding um you know i part of the intention with the book that i wrote is answering exactly what you're asking is you know if you are interested in real estate or whatever and you google how to be a real estate investor what do you find a bunch of how-to guides and a bunch of people telling you what strategy you need to be doing everyone's like multifamily property well okay maybe but there's so many strategies and uh, what I did with the book was really kind of try and do a prerequisite to all those how-to guides because, you know, if you want to be successful in real estate, I think it's so important, while it's kind of the more boring route, although you can kind of make it fun and exploration, to really take a step back and learn about the industry and really learn the ins and outs of a lot of the different strategies because, you know, you go to one of these guru seminars and they're like, you need to flip houses. Okay. Well, that gets a lot of people in trouble. Some people, yeah, 100% should be flipping houses because they're really stinking good at it or they have that skill set or the interest. But a lot of people don't have that. And so, you know, for any new folks either getting into the industry or getting out of college or whatever, I th the most important advice, I think, and this, even if you're not trying to get in real estate, if you're just graduating college and you're thinking, well, I don't know if I want to go into corporate, you know, just take the time to sit and really explore a couple of things. Number one, 
what all is out there? And number two, what are you actually trying to accomplish? Because I was trying to get out of a job. So if I became a full-time flipper, you know, maybe if I like that job better, but I wasn't going to, and I didn't want a second job. I want to sleep in every day and play at the beach and, you know, design my life how I want to. Well, take it, you know, if I was a wholesaler or a flipper, that's not going to fit that. And so people don't really, um, it's an exploration and, you know, you've got to be pretty honest with yourself of what is it that you actually want. And based on that, figure out what actually fits that. I think that's the component that so many people miss and rightfully so, because no one, no one taught us how to do this. We didn't learn this in school. We didn't learn anything. And I mean, the good news is if you get into that corporate job and you end up hating it, like I did, you can still learn a heck of a lot there. You know, there's really no lost thing that you can do. You can, you can learn things from, and I'm glad I got into corporate because it taught me about business. I now have that. I understand the office better. (laughs) Like, you know, like, it's a, it's not a lost cause, but, but like I said, I'm really taking the time to explore the options and what might actually be fitting for you and then go from there instead of just jumping right over all of that. So I was reading sections of your book and, you know, one of the first bit was, you know, hacking or hack your mindset. Right. And obviously I'm like huge on mindset and I, I feel mindset. like, Talk I love mindset. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, you know, I, I kind of probably get similar, you know, messages on BP or email or Instagram. Uh-huh. Like I want to get into real estate and I'm just thinking you need to start from the inside first, from, from, from yeah. this inside, I'm, I'm kind of pointing to my brain for those listening, you know, mm-hmm. so when you say, hack you, <laughs> right. <laughs> when you say hack your mindset, can you just talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, when you, I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like what I talked about earlier when I grew up with the typical mindset that we're all taught, go to school, get good grades, get a job that's secure. And then, you know, seek financial security like that in and of itself is a mindset and so for somebody to go completely counter to that that's essentially hacking your mind it's like how it's like okay breaking the norms of what we're taught and we're all taught so many of the same things like you know it's a wonder any of us escape any of it (laughs) and it's you know it's being willing to step out of what we're taught or, you know, like, let's say that, so I said, my goal with real estate and getting out of my job was to sleep in every day and go to the beach. Well, that's not really an accepted, you know, kind of thing, but it's what I want. So it's like, how can I hack my life and hack? Well, I should say hack my life in order to make that happen. But in order to hack my life, I have to hack my mindset because, you know, I grew up in a family where it's go to work every day, work really hard and save every penny. That's a mindset. Well, that doesn't work if I want to go hang out at the beach every day or don't want a corporate job for that matter. And, you know, I think one of the biggest mindset hacks in real estate specifically came from Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I know that the very first time I ever read that book, which I assume everyone kind of had the same experience, is that whole book was a mindset hack because it's like, wait, everything I thought I knew about money or understood about money or investing, what? You know, so that was that was the first kind of chipping away at old mindsets and changing my mindset to better accommodate what it is I'm actually trying to accomplish. So, yeah, I'm, I'm so fascinated with how you how you think and uh, definitely your writing as well. You know, 
and you talk about I think it was the the three true currencies right in the book and you it's talked my favorite about chapter it's really oh yeah I guess I guess I can say that's mine too I mean you talked about like I think it was time money and then the last mm-hmm. one was like sanity <laughs> I was like what I was not expecting that I mean I, I'm always talking about uh-huh. like time 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 how do you compress yep. time how do you compress time don't go after money go after time how do you yeah. leverage time and then you just dropped it on me sanity I was like <laughs> Well, I feel like I am like most of most days. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so for our listeners, you know, for those who can, you know, maybe get the book and read the book as well. Just talk a little bit more about, about that, that, that piece, actually. So it's funny you bring that one up. It's literally my favorite chapter. It's not even a very long chapter in the book, but it's my, it's like the, to me, it's like the powerhouse because it's so true. Um, I have a theory that there are three true currencies in life. Money, we all know, and really kind of the world operates around money. But there's two that people really don't seem to consider or think about, which is time and sanity. And I feel like time is starting to come into a lot of conversations. Like now you hear people talking about like the value of time or time value of whatever and you know consider your time like I feel like that is something that's getting talked about more and more especially now with like the internet for example um you know back pre-internet date myself pre-internet days and all that like it there weren't as many uh hacks if you will or ways around where you spend your time but these days you know they're really you have a lot of ability to adjust for time And so if you lose time on stuff, you are essentially paying in time. But the one that I feel like nobody ever talks about, which for me of the three, it has the highest value is sanity. Like I, at the end of the day, if I can sleep well at night and I'm happy, that's ultimately all I care about. So it's like, well, what's it going to take for me to be happy? Well, I need freedom which does not work for a corporate job. So, okay, cool. You know, and so like um, the the way that I talk about it in the book is like anytime you need to get something or to buy something, you are going to spend one or more of those currencies. So the example I use in the book is like, if I want to build shelves in one of my rooms, I can do it a couple different ways. I can do the whole thing myself or I can hire somebody. And a lot of people tend to steer away from hiring someone because they want to save the what? money. Well, if you happen to be a handy person and building things brings you a lot of joy, 100%. You might spend your time, but that's no big deal because you enjoy it. You're gaining sanity because you love it and you're saving money. So it's that configuration. For me to build shelves, I would lose every last ounce of my sanity and I would spend a heck of a lot of time because inevitably, first of all, I don't know how to build shelves. Um, Inevitably, I would take forever because I don't know what I'm doing. But then when I mess it all up, I'm going to spend that much more time trying to fix it. Chances are it's going to circle back on me and I'm going to have to end up spending more money to fix the problem I created. But, you know, so for every individual and every situation, there's a consideration is like, okay, how am I going to get the thing that I want? What's most important in this equation? For me, like turnkey rental properties are more expensive than buying a distressed house and all that kind of stuff. But sanity and time are more important to me than money. I would rather spend more money in order to keep my time and sanity. Whereas other things, um, you know, maybe time and sanity work for me and I can save the money on that end. So I think it is, it's a huge concept, I think, because it can dictate, not dictate, that's kind of the wrong word, but it can help you navigate the real estate investing industry because it's like, well, what of those things are most important to you and what strategies are going to take 
those things? Like, do you have a million dollars and you just want to drop it into something? Or do you want to flip houses and that brings you joy and you don't mind spending the time on it? So, you know, it can kind of help you make those decisions. But even in life, do you want to hire a maid to clean your house? Well, on one hand, you can pay the money for it. Or if you don't pay the money for it, do you like cleaning your house? And how long is it going to take? For me, it takes about seven hours to do what takes a maid about two hours. And the amount that I pay the maid, I say the maid like I have a maid. I actually don't have a maid. <laughs> but, um, and I feel like housekeepers is a better word. But I've, had a, I've hired housekeepers in the past. And, you know, what I pay them for two hours is pales in comparison to what I would lose by me cleaning my house for seven hours plus they clean better their stuff smells better than i do and i don't <laughs> want it cleaning um so you know it's that really consideration and i feel like if you take the time to really think about that it can change everything because like if i had gotten into flipping i would have lost every ounce of time and sanity i owned and it probably would have burnt me from and jaded me from real estate investing i would have assumed that the whole industry is that terrible so you know in, but before I got into that hole, I was able to find something that actually did work for me. And I did sanity's, you know, no matter what strategy you're in, your sanity is going to get tested regardless. But in comparison to how much sanity I would lose with some of the other strategies, given my strengths and all that kind of stuff, I'd rather pay more money to get something more hands off. That is so, I just love everything you said. And it's so fascinating because. I always talk about temperament, right? And that's mm. one of the reasons I stopped flipping because I didn't have the temperament for it. I didn't want to deal mm. with, you know, contractors. The first three letters is, <laughs> is where you should pay attention. Yeah, con <laughs> is, the, is the, and you know, everything you're saying just makes absolute sense to me. Like, do you have that, that I would, like how much fuel of sanity do you have to expend? Right. So yeah. it's, it just makes absolute sense. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing that. Well, and yeah. I think on what you're saying too, is like, even if you're willing to expend your sanity, it's like, how successful are you ultimately going to be? Because one of the other chapters in the book is talking about don't strengthen your weaknesses, like play on your strengths. What are your strengths? And chances are, your strengths are also the things you enjoy. And that probably contributes positively to your sanity. Whereas if you're swimming upstream and you're losing sanity along the way, how far are you actually really ever going to get? You know, like, I feel like there's a cap as far as like when you're just swimming upstream, trying to get things accomplished all the while losing your sanity. We have enough reasons in the world today to lose our sanity. We do not need help by pursuing things that we're just not cut out for. I don't want to say cut out because you we can all do whatever we want, but like that you're not as natural at. Yes, like that is so good. So good. Ali, I wish we could keep going on. Oh my goodness. Ah, so we have to bring you back again. Um, this oh, is so good. Hey, when that happens. <laughs> this is so good. Um, but we're, we're definitely, definitely dwelling into the quick round. These are going to be quick questions. Quick oh boy. Like, ooh, thinking cap. Okay, here we go. <laughs> all right. <laughs> like, stretch it out. <laughs> stretch it. Stretch it, stretch it. Um, first question. Like, oh, I didn't have my second <laughs> cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> first question um what makes ali unique what is that differentiating factor that separates you from the next girl or the next guy um i am unique because 
I don't let anything stop me from pursuing what it is I want. Whether that's other people, whether that's logistics, whether that's fear of failure. If I want something, I will absolutely do whatever it takes to hopefully try and get that thing. Love it. Next question. What was the last book that you read and what was the one thing you picked up from that book? <laughs> the last book I read was my own and what I picked up from that is I hate editing books. <laughs> Do you know, it's so sad that uh, I have been so fried from being able to read books for the, most of this year because I had to read my own so many times. Putting a book out is such a different skill set and it's hard. Like, I have a degree in rocket science and this is hard <laughs> and so but you know I think um, books for me if you could see my bookshelf I books have um, given me every ounce of education that I use today like my college and everything is not what I use all the time so I'm constantly reading books of learning how to do all this because again we're not taught any of it on our own absolutely so you're writing books you're you know, staying sane by, you know, buying Tonkin Reynolds, you're busy, you're surfing. <laughs> I'm gonna... Those two things in the same <laughs> sentence. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, I said not all strategies, keep all your sanity. <laughs> oh man, what do you do for fun? Oh gosh, um, I do anything for fun. Um, you know, we're coming up on winter. I love skiing and snowboarding. Uh, I do live near the beach. Uh, I love anything outdoors, hiking. Um, I love hanging out with friends for happy hour or brunch. Um, uh, you know, my absolute, this sounds ridiculous, but my absolute, um, one of the most fun things I do, although not this year for uh, worldwide pandemic reasons, uh, I volunteer in prisons in California. And it doesn't sound like that should be very fun, but it truly is one of my favorite things on earth. So I miss that right now. But yeah, I there's very little that I don't do for fun. And sometimes fun means sitting on the couch and watching something ridiculous on television. Nice. Well, I mean, this is just an, an amazing um, chat. Um, if there's somebody listening and thinking, I really like Ali, maybe I want to buy my, my first turnkey right now. Where's the best place? Or maybe your book. Can you talk about your book? How can I forget that? Your book. Well, and then people can connect so with I may have set up a link just for your listeners to oh, get a thank you, Ali. Thank uh, it's a free digital a copy of the book. So if you, my company's name is hipsterinvestments.com. So if you go to hipsterinvestments.com slash dwellin, um, there is a link to get a free digital copy. If you're like me and you're obsessed with paperbacks, there's a link to the Amazon thing um, if you prefer that. But in that, um, you can, <laughs> there's contact information for me. You can see my company's website, all everything turnkey. Um, I've, I've been doing a lot of YouTube videos lately. So basically just go to that link, get your free book, um, and then you can it'll kind of connect you to everywhere else that I am also and my only ask is in exchange for the free book if you'll leave a review on Amazon once you read it that would be phenomenal because you know I'm in that every review counts you know yes. as a brand new author it's really kind of what says whether a book makes it or not so anyone willing to leave a review I'd be super appreciative and I'll definitely leave mine so yeah Yay. Ali, thank you so much I really really appreciate you thank you thank you thank you yeah, thanks for having me.
You may have heard the phrase, there are a thousand ways to make a thousand dollars in real estate. Well, now you can actually tune into the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast with over a thousand, believe it, or a thousand podcasts and still going. The best real estate investing advice ever show is hosted by a very good friend of mine, Joe Fellers. Joe talks to influential thought leaders. We share the best advice ever with none of the fluff. You've got to check this stuff out. So listen and subscribe at bestevershow.com. That's bestevershow.com.